hey, this episode is just a recording of the live stream. Pretty good conversation. We talk about a lot of different things. Let me know what you think of this. I might publish these replays if you guys are interested because it's just me by myself, but I'm vibing with the people on TikTok. We get into some pretty interesting discussions. Let me know what you think. DM me on any of the socials. Enjoy the conversation. If you want to come on the show, please reach out to the Table Moments account. Love to have you. Also, be sure to join us on Table Moments Live on TikTok, 6 p.m. Sundays. We spend about an hour and a half just shooting the shit with people and the conversation really can't go anywhere as you'll hear in this episode. So enjoy. Thank you for listening and let me know what you think. Hey, hey, hello everyone. I'm back. I actually did finished up an hour on IG Live. It was dead. It was completely dead. No one showed up. But I know on TikTok, I'll get some engagement. At least some haters like Audrey, what's up? Juan, what's up? Melissa, hey, how's it going? Michelle, Parth, hey, thanks for joining. Shy Girl, Arian, you, Andy, Mitobi Talk. Emery, what's up, bro? Gabriel, hey, what's up? Welcome to the Table Moments Podcast. Butterfly Ladybug. Shell Mac. I could just read the usernames. <laughs> it's funny. Jimmy Wright. Hey, buddy. I feel like the guy in class, the substitute teacher who's trying to like pronounce people's names and just butchering it. So yeah, welcome to Table Moments. This is a podcast where we talk about random crazy ideas. We talk about anything and everything, but no politics. I'm your host and captain, Iman. We do this weekly podcast and I also post videos on this page talking about random crazy ideas that I've come up with, make short 45 second clips to trigger people and think about things differently. I look like a younger version of your father. Dude, I time traveled. Does that make sense? Could I have time traveled? Wait, would time travel work if I look like a younger version of your father? Yeah, I time traveled. I time traveled into the future so I could talk to you directly, Julie. I have some advice for you. You know that thing that you're wondering whether or not you should do? Do it. Do it. And your life will improve. Unless it's suicide, in which case, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) 16-year-old, what's the best legal steroid that will give me results like Arnold? I need to be massive. You don't need to be massive. Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. What do you need to be massive for? (laughs) It's like, if it's for women, don't do it. If you want to be massive because you're actually trying to get into bodybuilding, I'm not the guy to talk to you. Um, <laughs> I'm really not like, uh, I mean, talk to who's that guy, uh, more plates, more dates. He's definitely had some experience with stories. I'll check out his videos. Obviously you're just saying this as a troll, but legitimately there are people who have thought about steroids, my brother included, who've literally considered steroids as an option. And every guy, when you start working out, you're like, damn, you, you have this huge, beginner gain stuff like you start pumping weight you're putting on weight super fast your bench is increasing every week and then all of a sudden it starts tapering off because you haven't figured out diet you haven't figured out sleep yet you haven't figured out um how to minimize risk of injury and so you're getting hurt all the time and so it's like that steroid stuff is tempting because then you start getting body dysmorphia this is a very common thing about men that we don't talk about, especially the men who like have rampant use of steroids where they never feel like they're big enough. It's very common. Like even me, I don't realize how big I am until I see a photo of me with other people. I'm pretty gigantic. And, but I feel like the same size as everybody else. I drive a small Hyundai Veloster. It's a small car. So body dysmorphia is a common thing. I, I don't have a problem with my size, uh, but I just don't. 
appreciate my size. And a lot of guys, when you start lifting weights, you get into that, that problem. So um, if you're doing it for women, you'd be surprised. It only takes about six months of lifting weights and then get lean. That's more than enough muscle for most women, dude. Like women don't know what a muscular guy actually looks like. Like the the extremely muscular guys are, are not not attractive to women. It makes them feel insecure about themselves because a lot of women, they know their shortcomings. And so like if you're too fit, it kind of like discourages them from wanting to be with you because it just is a reflection on their, their body <laughs> and how maybe not as advanced or as fit as you are. So you consider that you love my life. Dude, I love you being here. Jon Snow, Game of Thrones. What's up? Interesting lad. Welcome back. Where are you from? The DMV? Nope. I am not from the DMV. Um, I think that's like Washington DC area. No, I'm not. I used to live on the East Coast, upstate New York, Albany area, but no, I'm not from. Are you saying the DMV because I look Habesha? That might be it. If you're ever bored, punch an orphan in the face. What are they going to do? Tell their parents? Uh, they will tell their guardians, man. They're not alone. <laughs> what up, Omar? Uh, nice to see you again. I'm just I just had a peanut butter and fish sandwich. No, you didn't. But let's think about this. You know, weirdly enough, <laughs> uh, you know how Panda Express has orange chicken? And I didn't realize that the, I was in my late teens. I didn't understand exactly what orange chicken meant. I thought it literally was like marinated chicken in orange juice. <laughs> and I didn't have chicken at the time. Um, so I tried marinating fish in orange juice and... Let's just say <laughs> it didn't turn out well, bro. It was terrible. Somehow my dad was able to eat it, so it didn't go to waste. I didn't throw it out, but yeah, orange orange chicken is like mostly sugar uh, with a bit of orange flavor. But what type of women do I like? I like black women. You know, here's a, that's an interesting question. What type of women do you like? When you ask that question to a guy, they'll give their taste or whatever, but really what men are, what answer they give are basically what type of women finds them attractive so men are attracted to the kind of women that find them attractive we're not picky guys that's the thing in general guys are not picky guys who say they prefer white girls are probably guys who mostly get white girls i get black girls most of the time typically the bookish ones the ones with the degrees who have the good jobs the glasses probably help a lot <laughs> but i like black women probably because they like me um and so yeah if you want to know what kind of guy, girls guys like see what they've what they've attracted before and that's probably what they like what's up interesting lad welcome back would you ever come to mh i don't know what mh is um so if you could put a comment in there fried fish and peanut butter sauce with peanut butter roasted bread thai style huh you know i've had th thai food before and yeah the peanut stuff is a little weird but maybe you're legit here dude maybe you're legit um but that's a crazy combo though and you guys ever hear that I think someone, some conservative said, I ask a girl um, how to pronounce Thai, and if she says Thai, it's an automatic pass. <laughs> I, might, I might use that as a test. I think guys should have tests for like girls when you're like going out with them. So you can put them in the proper category. Like, is this just for fun, or does she have potential to be relationship? And then wife material, you know, all that stuff. Peanut butter with fish, sir, I'm calling your mom. Dude, I feel the same way. Peanut is good. Peanut peanut butter though i don't know that'd be an interesting one i might have to look up some recipes because I, I do love peanut butter peanut butter is like amazing i feel so sorry for people with peanut allergies they have never tasted the sweet soft goodness of some good jiff peanut butter which is the best brand by the way of the generics um it's the best brand of the generics but i've been 
fucking around with natural peanut butter lately, which it would be nice if they roasted the nuts a little more. I think that gives it a good flavor. I'm very particular about my peanut butter, and it's great. I will eat it with jam, grape, or strawberry. I like crunchy peanut butter. That's because you're a weirdo by... I'm curious. No, but we actually talked about this on the podcast. Like, uh, I have a friend who does prefer crunchy peanut butter because it gives it like a bit of texture to your sandwich, which I kind of understand. I kind of understand the functional nature of it because it, it gives you variety in your palate. But at the same time, it's like it gets stuck in your teeth. And so then you got to like, you know, you do that thing like it's annoying. Almond butter. Almond butter is the worst, though. Uh, no. Almond butter is pretty good. Almond butter is pretty good. If you've ever mixed it with... Uh, what I've done, I've mixed it with honey. That's pretty good. Almond butter and honey. Um, but peanuts are good too. Nerds are cool. I'm from New York. Where are you from? I spend a lot of time in upstate New York, Albany area. And I recently moved back to California and now I'm planning a move to Texas. So I grew up in California, made a move to the East Coast, Albany area for a job out of college. And then spent almost a decade there and then moved back to California work on some stuff and then now i'm gonna move to texas it's a good it's a good combo of things why not columbia south carolina dude texas why would you go there or you a mega i think you mean maga <laughs> uh texas my brother's in texas and but i want to try living in a red state i've only ever lived in blue states and so i want to try what it's like to uh live around conservative people which i think i'd get along with really really well because, you know, I know they get a reputation. It's funny how a lot of these East and West Coasters think of the South. Every time I've talked to somebody, they're like, oh, yeah, they're racist over there, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you've never met these people. You've never spent any time there. My brother actually lives there. He recently moved there a few months ago. And guess what? He loves it. <laughs> like, He's like, yo, <laughs> things are affordable there. Uh, there's a lot of people there. Um, apparently, gas is, gas is hella cheap, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah, apparently there's a lot of black people there too. So if race, racial diversity is a worry, Texas ain't the spot to be worried about. Plus, I think I would get along with a lot of them. So you're going to turn red? Wow, I don't need you in my life. Bye-bye. Yeah, of course. You haven't seen my videos on this account? <laughs> Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dude, yeah, of course. Like, I want to try living in a red state. They don't drive correctly. We're full here. They don't drive. So you're from Texas? I don't know. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what a red state looks like. Because it's like, I, I, it surprises me. Most people don't live anywhere past where they grew up, you know? Or they live very, very close to where they grew up. They never consider, hey, maybe there are other parts of this country or even the world might be more eligible places to live for your personality and what you're looking for. To not even give it a try doesn't seems kind of foolish to me, you know? So I am in a position in my life where I don't have any obligations. I don't have anyone attached to me. I don't have any kids. I don't have any debt obligations like a house or mortgage payments or anything like that. I literally can explore the rest of the country and see where I want to live. And then also I'm going to include the rest of the world too, eventually. Um, right now, I want to take the table moment stuff to the next level and start making long form video. And I'm going to need a lot of people to do that just in terms of like people around so that I can do some of the ideas I've been thinking about. And so Dallas is where I'm thinking 1.2 million people. And I think it'd, it'd be worth trying. Now, I could do L.A. too, but I, I went to school in SoCal. And I don't like the vibes and the people there. They're kind of, they're very shallow people. And you, they can speak without actually saying anything. So I need people who can actually think. So I'm thinking, Dallas, try that out. I might do the Carolinas eventually. Like, spend a few months there. Then just explore the rest of the country. 
I even thought about like converting a Prius and turning it into like a camper in the back. And if I were going to do that, then and then I have a Planet Finish membership, so I can handle, I can take care of the the bathroom, restroom stuff, and showers, and going to the gym, and then just sleeping in my car if I want to do something really, really cheap. But I mean, I have money, so I don't, I don't even need to worry about doing stuff like that. Fortnite, man, Jesus saved. He's waiting for you to accept him into your life to make the right decision. He will accept. Weird that you say that because I've been reading the Bible and so, <laughs> dude, the Bible is so quotable, dude. Not that I'm actually like religious or anything. I just think it's worth reading. And I have a friend gave me a chronological version. So it's actually like in, in order of events. And so like world was created in seven days, all that stuff. And talking about Adam and Eve and their kids, Cain and Abel and all that stuff. And that's the part I've been reading so far. And Yo, I thought about just doing a stream based on the Bible alone because that shit is like good reading just for the stories, man. And the kind of shit that's hella quotable. Mosley, don't mean you're going to turn red because you move to red. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. But I mean, I lean red anyways. So if you see the videos on this account, like it should be pretty obvious what my political leanings are. Look at these. I'm wearing glasses. Look at the way I sound. Like, aren't these all obvious clues of the way I vote? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. And I know it's like, we don't want to generalize, but come on. Like, any guy who, sound, who looks like me and sounds like me probably votes a certain way. It just is what it is. You don't want a family? I do want a family, but it doesn't have to happen right now. I mean, like, is it common for... I guess black men do have kids early. <laughs> oh, man, but... <laughs> Yeah, eventually I do want family, but that's part of it. Like, I'm deciding where I would want to raise a family. California, I don't think, makes a, a, a good, good sense for at least a young family who doesn't have a lot. Because it's hard to build wealth when all your money is just leaving the household. And that happens in a place like California because it's so expensive. It's so expensive. Like, houses going for half a million dollars for in not-so-nice neighborhoods, man. And then everything else costs more. Gas, food, like... And then you want to send them to a good school or you want to be in the right school district. And so all this, it's like, it's hard. It's harder in a state like California. And plus, I don't think we have the same, I'm compatible in terms of mindset with the people there. Omar, have you been to Seattle yet? I heard there's a lot of Habesha community. Yeah, uh, I haven't been to Seattle, but really the whole Texas thing is to try a red state and see what that's like. But here's the thing. I don't really care if there's a Habesha community there. Um, not that I've been ever close with it. Like, so, and Dallas has a lot of Habesha people too. So a lot of Habesha people in Texas and a lot in the DMV too. So there's just pockets of Habesha people everywhere all, all around the country. A big pocket in LA too. Uh, Minnesota, a big one too. Like they're everywhere. So not that it even matters to me. I, I, I'm really just saying if people have the same values and if I'm going to be free to do what I want. Like I was listening to a Dame Dash uh, podcast. I was listening to the All all the smoke podcast with those two ex basketball players and they had Dame Dash and I, he he said something about like we pay more money to be closer and have less land and less property and to pay more for everything just to be around people we don't like in a city that doesn't care about us instead where you can just move away from that those big cities for more land and live much cheaper and more affordable and be wealthier it's a crazy thing that we have we think it's a good thing to buy and live in big cities that are hella expensive to be surrounded by people we don't even like, you know? So it's like, I totally have as part of my life plan to 
own property in a state where land is plentiful and my neighbors are maybe a mile away. You know, that's that sounds appealing to me or building my own house. Like I do want to build just cut the trees that are on the property and build a build a house using get my own lumber mill, which aren't, isn't that expensive, actually. I've seen people do it. Um, and I'm an engineer by trade, by training. So I think I could figure it out how to build a house and make some improvements. I think there's some fundamental changes we can make to modern construction to make them far more affordable than they actually are. And some design choices about having like one central place for plumbing and electric. You don't run any utilities on any external walls to simplify the design. If you can simplify and remove part count, you can make construction much easier. And then using different materials like like SIPs, structurally insulated panels. And so you can build at least the exteriors of a house pretty quickly instead of stick building as we typically do, having to put a nail and put every stud in manually, which is part of the large cost of housing. And so I think I would like to fix that problem by actually having that problem myself and building a house. So I eventually want to do that. And it would probably be in a red state where land is cheap and people are, and there aren't that many people. My brother lives in Thailand and there's black community there. Yeah, there's black communities everywhere, man. Like I had someone tell me about Alaska. Alaska apparently has a large black community there too. It's like, you'd be surprised. And people really like Alaska for some reason. Like they've been telling me like it's lots of nature. People are super friendly. If your car breaks down, lots of people will stop by to help you. It's like a whole community thing. Um, I heard a lot of good things about Alaska from multiple people and they were, and they were people of color too. And they were telling me, yeah, there's, there's that. What's the reference to DMV in Ethiopian? I don't get it. Um, so DMV is referring to like the Washington DC area. Um, and there's a big Habesha community there. So I think, I think that might've answered your question, Omar, but yeah, that's, that's the plan. So moving to Texas, but it's funny cause like, I don't really the whole Habesha thing, Eritrean, Ethiopian thing doesn't really matter much to me. I think we're all just the same people. Borders don't really matter to me, honestly. But I did put a post today about like making a a parody of the better ingredients, better pizza thing that was going on in TikTok, except I made it about Ethiopians and Eritreans. <laughs> Basically, like whenever I say I'm from East Africa and people guess the country, they always guess Ethiopia. Or if people are like, hey, you look Ethiopian. It's like, okay, no, I'm actually Eritrean. And uh, I made the clip like, better ingredients, better injara, better bitch, better money, better clothes, better sani, which is shoes, integrinya. And I made a whole clip. It'd be nice if people took that sound and like made it a thing, but I mean, I feel like the meme's too old. But I did that. But the whole Habesha, Ethiopian, Eritrean thing, eh, doesn't really matter much to me. I, I think of myself as American first, which might be weird for a lot of immigrants, but. I mean, I have to consider where I live, where I grew up, the things that shaped me, my personality, the music I listen to, the clothes I wear, the way I think. It's all shaped by American culture and American society. I am an American first, obviously. And so I'm not going to deny those things just because it would be cool to say, Eritrean, no. Like, I am honest with myself first before anyone else. And so... Yeah, I come off as an asshole to a lot of people when I like give some harsh truths or make these videos saying something that's obviously true, but maybe people don't want to admit, but you got to know, I'm honest with myself too. And so there's certain things that I won't identify as, even though I might have the green light to do so. So is Habesha Ethiopian or Asian? I've been using it to mean both because essentially they were the same country back in 91 until 
Eritrea got their independence. And then I've heard some nuance about Habesha meaning like a certain region of people and or certain tribes, but I didn't I, I don't I'm not going to bother to figure out the nuances of all that and I just refer to anyone Ethiopian or Eritrean Habesha. You might even be able to include some Somalians in there too. Like um so it's just a general term I think for that region Horn of Africa kind of thing. And yeah, some of these people might seem different, but there's a lot of similarities. Like I recently had some Somalian food, weirdly enough, in the Bay Area. And yo, a lot of commonalities with Habesha food. Like I think there, I don't remember what it was called, what I ate, but there was this bread that was included, this flat bread that tasted a lot like what we have in Eritrean culture called kitcha. I forget what it's called in Somali, but it basically tasted the same to me. I'm like, oh, okay. And they use the same like it, tools and implements to, to actually make chapati. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. It was spelled chapati with a C. I don't know, but it's probably chapati. But yeah, that's what I had and it tasted a lot like injera. I'm like, huh. It actually was really good with the like the spicy, flavorful chicken with the salad on the side. It was really good. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so there's a lot of similarities and I think they use a mogogo to actually make the chapati too because it seemed like it was a circular bread same way that they use for injera which is the flatbread that uh, Eritreans and Ethiopians use in their primary cuisine that they eat with their stew and it's like spongy whatever but yeah it was really really good food and it's my first time I'm definitely gonna have some more a lot of similarities so it's crazy like we all have these borders we all have these different languages and stuff but you know when you talk to like even immigrants in different countries across the globe end up having the same kind of like habits and uh patterns like i have a friend who's punjabi and you know we're constantly comparing our cultures with each other and like oh okay we actually do that too we do that too oh you guys do that oh yeah your parents do that too yeah totally we're the same way it's crazy dude even despite being separated by oceans a lot of similarities man it's a small world now yeah spices might be different food might be different but in the end, like a lot of the way we are, the habits that we have, the way we've grew, grown up and the values that we all share are very, very similar, at least if you come from an immigrant family. And then the idea behind America where anyone can come in, as long as you decide you want to accept the laws as they are, accept America as your home, your new home, and you want to adopt the same values, you are just as much American as anybody else. And that's what I think is uniquely different about America. Technically, you can do that for other countries, but it is ingrained in American culture that we are a melting pot and that you can come from anywhere in the world and become just as much as American as anyone who's born here. Obviously, there are some, one major exception is you can never be president, but that doesn't matter in the end, in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, you are basically just as American as anybody who was born here. And then that's not true in the rest of the world at least most of the rest of the world. And that's the thing I really like about America. And the idea, I mean, we can get into the whole immigration thing, whatever, but this isn't a political thing, but I can understand like limiting immigration in some sense because you want people to become like Americans where we're accepting of everybody and tolerant, or at least try to be tolerant of all these different cultures and become a melting pot where we all realize we're all different, but we have some shared value that we all tend to agree on, at least hope to agree on. And the idea of limiting immigration so that you don't get too much that assimilation can't happen. And then there's all this like conflict about and identity issues that people run into when they do immigrate here. Like, how do you retain the stuff from back home while still adopting the values of the new country that you're in? 
who've welcomed and accepted you as one of their own. And so it's this internal conflict that a lot of immigrants seem to have. And it's a struggle sometimes. But it's like, how do we help that assimilation happen without forgetting where you come from? Despite maybe where you came from not being a good place. Because a lot of the reason why people come here is because back home, things are not good. And so we don't want the bad things from there to come here. Uh, but also you don't want to forget those things because they are a part of who you are. So there's this like balance that's hard to strike for people. And I can empathize with it. But I was born here, so I identify with American first. I sound like an American. I dress like an American. I listen to American music. My values are whole through and through American. So I'm American first. Ethnically, East African. But yeah. So <laughs> that was a little deep. But that's where I'm coming from. Um, and I don't know. Omar, you've you've run into this issue, but that's that's my thoughts on it. I recently learned about the Ethiopian calendar. <laughs> Apparently, it's different from the regular calendar we all use. <laughs> There's this girl on TikTok um, has a pretty decent following. After posting this video about Eritreans versus Ethiopians and stuff, uh, someone called her out in the comments, maybe to give her opinion, but basically she's following the Ethiopian calendar for her age. Does your nationality say American or something else on your passport? I mean, I do have an American passport, so technically, yeah. <laughs> it says U.S. passport on there. Yeah, I have the blue passport. Which maybe I should get. Like, isn't that what Andrew Tate tells everybody? Is like, I have multiple passports. I've been thinking about it. Like, let me let me get a second passport. I wonder if I can get an Eurasian passport. And then... But don't you have to be a citizen? Or at least... It's not like by birthright, is it? That would be... That'd be kind of cool, actually, like if I'm born into getting passports and stuff. But Ethiopian in the house. What's up, man? What's it like being the lesser of the Habishas? No, nah, I'm just fucking with you. But seriously, though, can we agree that Eritreans do it better? Better ingredients, better injera, better bitches, better money, better clothes. <laughs> I believe when immigrants get naturalized, it says their origin country. Oh, well, I was born in the U.S., so there was no naturalization for me to go through. It was just, I was born here. So I don't, hmm, I'm going to check my passport. I don't, I don't think it says anything like that. I think it will say U.S. citizen, but it would be cool if I had a second passport or at least three, maybe everyone should have like two or three passports, just standard, just in case in a go bag or something, just in case some shit goes down and you need to get out of the country real quick and you don't want people to be able to track you on their whatever systems, which might just all be bullshit. You know, what? all I know about passports is what I learned from the born identity, okay? <laughs> That'd be kind of cool though. Like, hey, use a different passport just to get around the world, which might actually be useful. Like if you're going from like uh, Israel and you have that stamp in there, they might not let you into a Muslim country or vice versa. You might have two passports, one for certain parts of the world and one for the other. So you, you don't get into that conflict with the stamps or whatever, but that might be a thing, but I'll look into it. And if I do figure that out, I'll, I'll post the video about it on TikTok talk so you guys can figure out how to get a second passport but yeah i know there's ways you can do it where you just give a lot of money away to the, like a certain country or decide to invest a lot of money in some country and you become like an honorary citizen and you get a passport too i think that's what tate did but all right it, it, sh it could be useful you know it's surprising a lot of americans don't even have passports and i understand why because like you consider how big the country is and how diverse it is in terms of culture and experiences you can have and yet they all speak the same language they all use the same money it's kind of like europe except imagine if all the european countries which i think is what they were trying to do with the european union and consolidating under the euro 
but imagine Europe where everyone spoke the same language. They still kept their own different cultures and cuisines, but they all spoke the same language and they all used the same money. That's essentially kind of like what we have in the US, which is kind of nice because you don't have to leave the country in order to visit something interesting or see something completely different. And you don't have to worry about language barriers either because you can just go, like I could go to Miami and see something completely different than what I'm gonna see in New York City. Completely different cultures or the Carolinas or the South or the North. It's all different and we have that luxury in the US. And so it makes sense, like why even bother exploring? Most people haven't even begun exploring the US, a country that they already live in. So what reason would they have to explore the rest of the world, you know? And it seems like a lot of people who decide to see the rest of the world just do it for the sake of the novelty of it. But I don't know, I think the US has a lot to offer. And so it'd be cool as I, I'm gonna explore it as I go along and then maybe I'll document my journey. I'm like, yo, here's what I saw in Texas. Here's the things that you could see. People aren't as racist as you think that. I think it'd be cool if I made a video about that, like the misconceptions people have of the South. I'm sure people have done videos, but it would be more interesting to have like in-depth conversations and actually invite them on the podcast and we could talk about it. Or, or if I actually run into a real racist down there, I'd, I'd really like to have a conversation with a racist. And then it'd be cool if Table Moments becomes this thing where we can have the edgy, crazy conversations that no one else can have, that everyone else is afraid to have. And I think if that's ever going to happen, it's going to take a black guy to do it because I think white people would just be too worried about like the association part. But I think black people can get away with it, so I might be okay. But I think that would be interesting. It's like, okay, I met this Southern white supremacist. Let's talk about why he thinks white people are supreme. And just to pick his brain, I'm like, all right, where is this coming from? Were you raised this way? What is your logic and reason behind this? What do you think of me? You know, you should meet with the clan leader and share the vid with it. Dude, that would be so cool to make. Oh, bro. Yo, I, yeah, I would. I would share the video too, obviously. And... Cause like, and I wouldn't do it in the like mocking way that, you know, you see, uh, I think people have done in the past or like Dave Chappelle, you know, he makes his comedy, which is fine. But like the daily show, they'll talk to, but their whole objective is to like make fun of these people. No, I actually legitimately want to understand where they're coming from. Who knows? Maybe, maybe where they're coming from might still be crazy and offensive. And, but, but maybe you can actually understand where they're coming from. And maybe it's a product of their environment or their childhood or the way that they were raised. And who knows, maybe I can actually flip them. I'm like, hey, you know, all these conceptions you have about black people or other cultures or immigrants or whatever might just be wrong. Or maybe aren't really useful generalizations when you consider the rest of the world. Or maybe they might have a lot in common with like black supremacists, in which case then it's like that becomes a really interesting discussion. And then that would blow brains up. Like people would not know what to do with it. It's like, okay, it'd be dope if I could get a black supremacist and a clan leader in the same room and we're just talking together. And they're like, yeah, I agree that too, except for black people, <laughs> you know? That would be wild. <laughs> Yo, that would be a fun conversation to have. And a lot of people would be offended by it. Like, why are you platforming them? But at the same time, it's like, why do we live in this world where we can't have conversations like this, you know? And here's the thing. I truly believe people have a right to be racist. People have a right to hate people for just whatever reason, whatever stupid reason. Like, people hate people for so many stupid reasons. I mean, you see it in the TikTok comments all the time. Like, hate is common and it's okay. You have a right. That's part of the First Amendment and free speech. You have a right to be stupid. 
you have a right to be stupid. And so people are like, oh no, you can't. Like, no, 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 shut up. We're, we're gonna do what we want. We're gonna speak what we want and whatever. Are you familiar with the foundational black American FBA movement? I've heard of it. Um, I've heard of it, like one of the podcasts I listen to, um, which I think makes mention of it every now and then, but I think they sort of mock it sometimes or they make jokes about like, um, I have to look into it more. I have to look into it more before I start making comments on it. But I like the hoteps because I'm not hotep, but I, I just like, <laughs> they're just entertaining, especially like Uncle Hotep and Hotep Jesus on uh, their podcast, Hotep's Been Told You. They started the Grifties and all that. And it's good stuff. It's a good movement that they got going on. No jumper movement. I'm not sure. Are you talking about um, Adam 22? I'm not, I don't think, I think we're talking about different things. No, no, no. This is uh, Hotep's Been Told You um, on Hotep Jesus channel, YouTube. You can find it. You can also find it on any podcasting platform. Hotep's Been Told You, but they stream it on YouTube. And I think it's more entertaining there where they just break down the week of all this, like um, the news. But in, but the, the idea is they call it Hotep's Been Told You because it's the stuff they've been saying for years that no one listens to. And then all of this starts coming to fruition. And they're like, Hotep's been told you. They told you already that this was going to happen, that they were going to do this, that Black Lives Matter was a scam. Like, <laughs> they knew about this years ago. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, just, they're entertaining dudes to, to listen to. And they don't get the recognition that they deserve, um, especially considering they're actually pushing the culture, which is the one thing I really appreciate about them. Like, you can say what you want about the Hoteps, and it's like, okay. We were, we was Kangs and all that, blah, 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 whatever. But they push culture. And that's the one thing I can get behind anybody who pushes culture. Is that where you heard about the FBA movement? I think they've mentioned it a couple of times there. Um, and, but I haven't really looked into it. So um, if you want to enlighten us in the comments, you can, but don't feel like you have to. But it's, it's good shit. It's good shit. Check them out. Hotel's been told you on YouTube. It's hilarious because uh, they're a couple of interesting characters. So I just, I like any, I like offensive, I don't know, for some reason, I personally find offensive characters entertaining. Like, they're just more fun. There's there's just color, you know? Like, all this PC, hold your tongue, gotta say the right thing, you know, we can't say anything interesting or offensive. It's just so boring. It's so boring. It's like, why can't we speak freely and offend some people? And yeah, some people will get butthurt. Who cares? These are not... Why are we appeasing the most sensitive people in our society? Like, they're going to be offended no matter what. And their their tolerance for offense constantly gets higher and higher the more you accommodate it. So it gets worse and worse. <clears throat> Things you could say five years ago, you can't say now. The tolerance that they have is much lower. And so it'll continue to do that until you just decide, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to say what I want. And that's what I've done on the Table Moments podcast. What's up, Dove? Yeah, that's what I've done on the Table Moments podcast. I've decided, you know what? No, I'm going to say the things, interesting ideas. I'm not trying to do anything mean or offensive on purpose, but I'm going to call it like I see it. And I do that with everything. And Table Moments is a collection of those things. And it'd be dope if I could like, make video content, long form content related to the stuff, that stuff. Like if you look at this page, it's going to be a random collection of weird, completely random thoughts about so many different things, but maybe frame them in a different way that you haven't considered before. Freely, I would agree, but not offending anyone though. Nah, here's the thing. I think it's necessary. You're not really saying anything of importance unless you're offending you, unless you're offending somebody. You don't really have values unless your values offend people. Like if what you're saying doesn't offend anyone, then you're not really saying anything at all, you know? And so 
if you believe in anything significant, it's going to offend someone. It's going to offend someone. And so you just got to learn to accept it and that some people are just overly sensitive. And I think more and more people have become overly sensitive, which is a shame that the sensitivity level is increased. But I think in response to that, people have become more offensive. And so if people became less offensive, people wouldn't be as offensive. And there's a whole like social media thing about if you want engagement, that's one way to do it. Your haters are your biggest mascots. They're the ones who drive engagement because they're going to be leaving the hate comments. So it kind of, these platforms sort of incentivize being mean. Um, but like I have a post on this page where I specifically mention, look, you can say and do whatever you want in the comment section of these, this account. Really, I'm a big proponent of free speech and speaking your mind as long as it's not criminal. Anything that's criminal will get deleted automatically if it's accusing me or anyone else in the comments of any criminality. Aside from that, feel free to say whatever you want. I'm not going to ban it. Now, the platform has their own rules. And so, like, even in this stream, I think someone put a comment in there that got, that got deleted automatically because it violated community guidelines or whatever. But, I mean, if it's within the guidelines that the platform will let you do it, I mean, I'm not going to delete the comment. In fact, I have a rule. I will like and heart any comment that's left because I realize the people who actually engage with content that way, who actually put effort to type something out or heart it or share it, they are 9% of the population. 9% of the people who actually seen the content, they're a special group of people. And then 1% of people who actually see the content actually engage in some significant way. Maybe they'll follow the account or they share their account or something like that. And so people who do that are already engaging in such a major way. I appreciate the effort and you deserve a like and support for just doing that. And that's, that's my mindset with all this. And if you offend and afterwards say something fun, that's different than pure offending. Yeah, that's true, Omar. That's very true. Like, comedy or comedic value adding something in there <laughs> some wit and whimsy and yeah humor in it actually makes the delivery much more palatable for the people watching which is something i've noticed i have to constantly remind myself i notice the videos that do well there is some humor or there's some element that makes people laugh in the video and i have to constantly remind myself like incorporate something funny say something funny in the videos and sometimes i don't get it but sometimes i do and those are the ones that seem to do well. But I, I don't, I'm also conscious about like not just forcing things in there just for the sake of it. But yeah, you're right. Totally. Say something fun. And so, yeah, you want to change hearts and minds. You got to say things that reflect truth, that are slightly offensive and have some humor. I think that's the key. And then, and then people become less sensitive. So I think that's where it's at. Yeah. And this is another thing. Like, despite what people actually believe, we all somehow are able to function in this world together. And so does it really matter what people are believing? You know, I would say be careful for the sake of your brand business. No, that's the thing. Like I've been trying to get canceled since I started this shit. Like the Table Almost podcast, bro. The whole point of it, it I, it's a running joke. I'm trying to get canceled. I'm trying to get canceled. I just don't have enough clout yet to be canceled. But I, I've been taking an approach of fearlessness <laughs> with all this stuff. So I constantly push. Every now and then I record a video where I'm like, ooh, I know this one might get me in trouble. And every time I've published it, no, nah, nothing happened. So I'm still pushing. I got one coming up on abortion. <laughs> and that one might get a little. <laughs> and I don't actually make a claim one way or the other, at least personally. But I just give a different perspective on it that maybe people haven't considered before. Just to stimulate some thought here. But I've been trying to get canceled, Chloe. I've been. And it's hard. It really is. It's, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to cancel 
yeah, I don't know. Like, cancel myself? I mean, the only way to cancel myself is just to stop making content and then I'm canceled. But I want to get outraged against me a lot because that'd be dope. That'd be really cool. Because it's sort of like a badge of honor. Like, a lot of the people I like to follow on social media, not even on social media, just like the content I like to consume are people who've been canceled. I like the offensive characters, the ones who push culture. Those are the, the interesting people. Those are the ones who actually shape the future, the ones who actually shape culture. And I like those people. And it'd be nice, it'd be, and I feel like I have a duty to, to become, to help push, to help push the culture. Uh, he wants to be hated, yeah, dude. <laughs> like, it's sort of like righteousness, you know? Like, it's good to be hated by bad people. You know you're doing something right when you're doing that. Like people who want to shut up people, who want to censor people, who say, you can't think this way, you are bad for being you, all that. It's like, it's good to be hated by those people because they're bad people. It's, it's a badge of honor. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> like everyone's so afraid of it. And I'm just like, no, it's, it's just words, man. Yeah, a bunch of people who hate you or who believe you shouldn't have the right to speak, all of a sudden now they hate you in mass. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to know people who would side with me and people who wouldn't. People who are going to, obviously, if that ever happens, if I ever do get canceled and there's a bunch of articles written about me, which would be crazy. I, I'm not really doing this for fame. I don't really care for it. I just think it's important that people are actually pushing the culture and I'm taking responsibility for doing my role in it. That will come at a price. I have this sort of superpower of not needing people the way other people need people. And so I am free to make these moves, almost like I'm born for this, you know? And so, like my name, Ayman. It's actually a nickname. It's not my real name. I can tell you my real name. It doesn't matter. Samir. Samir is actually my real name, my government name. But Ayman's a nickname I've had basically since birth. Everyone in my family, all my closest friends growing up, they all called me Ayman. It's an Arabic name, which uh, means righteousness, weirdly enough. So it's almost like I'm meant to do this. And then my last name is Said, but spelled S-A-I-D, Said. So Ayman Said, almost like I was supposed to speak out. Um, like I have a duty and like I'm supposed to be quotable. So that's the plan. Hopefully I get canceled and then I get to see who stick with me and people who turn their backs. And then it's almost like a filter on life. Like who should I keep in my life? It's a beautiful thing when life sorts itself out for you. Do you have a goal after being canceled? Uh, just no, I actually haven't thought about it. Uh, Chloe, I haven't thought about it. What would I do after I get canceled? What does canceling even mean? That's the thing. Like, after I get canceled, I'll know who my friends are and I'll know who the people who, who, so, you know, like building the stuff, people are supportive. A lot of people are supportive of the Table Moments podcast. I know a lot of people personally who've been on the show and everything, but when I do get canceled, I'm saying when, cause I'm prophesizing that this will happen one day, which is part of like setting your goals and expectations, visualization. Then when that happens, I'll know people will have a choice. People who've been supportive will have a choice. They can either be supportive of me in that situation and defend me, not even defend me. I don't expect people to defend me. It's a big ask to have people put themselves on the line for me, but I'll get the DMs like, bro, this is bullshit. Hey, I'm supportive of you. If you need anything, let me know. Cool. I'll know those people. And then there will be people who will publicly shun me and turn their backs and like, yeah, he's been crazy, blah, blah, blah. They'll talk shit, whatever. And that's a good filter on life because I'll know who my real friends are. And so I think life will get better after I get canceled. And then my, also my theory is cancel me once, shame on you. Cancel me twice. You can't get canceled again. That's my quote. <laughs> so my idea is like, I might as well get it out of the way on my terms. And then once that happens, then I'm good. Then I can build my life and you can't cancel a guy twice. 
it's already been happened. So that's, that's my theory. So I'd rather get it out of the way on my terms now rather than I build this whole big following and then become like a lot of these YouTubers or content creators where they're afraid to speak their mind because they're afraid of being canceled. You see the problem here? Success has become a cuff, handcuffs that hold you back from speaking your mind. And I see this all the time. You see it on YouTubers who they start off being genuine and authentic and then they, they start censoring themselves because the money's too good. They get, they get cuffed by the money and I don't ever want to be that. So that's the idea. Dylan, hey there, can we please be friends? Yes, Dylan, we are now friends. Chloe, so you're saying at this present moment you're not aware of who's for you and who's against you? You'll never know until bad things happen to you. You'll never know. People, it's unless there's a price to pay, you won't actually know. And that's just the nature of people, you know? People will go along, get along, they'll be friendly as long as you're useful, but you'll really know who's about, who's supportive of you truly supportive of you when you're going through some heavy shit and that's it'd be nice if that happens sooner than later that'd be nice and consider it in your life too like a lot of people will say they're supportive you know it's easy to say things when there isn't a price to pay but when there is when there is or you know when money talks sometimes will you turn your back on people like a lot of celebrities deal with this all the time when like Kanye is dealing with it now a lot of people in his life talking shit now it's like, oh, he's a crazy man, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, where were you? Where were you uh, a few months ago when you were all about Kanye and you were friends with him, huh? Hmm? Like, where were you when all these people get canceled? It's like you see the people who were really about it and who weren't. And that just happens to everybody. And it turns out you just, most people haven't gone through any serious heavy stuff where people have to make a choice on whether or not they're going to be supportive and it'll come at a cost. When it comes at a cost, you know who's really about it. And so... It'd be nice if I can have that done earlier than later. And I don't blame people one way or the other. It's like, some people are made for this, some people aren't. Respect yourself, LOL. I've never liked Kanye, never listened to Graduation. <laughs> Graduation's a good album. I don't know what you... That's the thing, like, I discover songs way later than everybody else. Like, I didn't realize how good J. Cole was until, like, years later after everybody knew. I was like, oh, have you heard of this, this song? I'm texting a friend. He's like, yeah, bro, that's, like, years old. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I liked um, Jesus is King. There's some songs on there that are really good. And I've been careful now about the listen, the music I listen to, being very careful not to pollute my mind with bad, bad audio, or at least negative audio. And it's, it's amazing. It's like, you might think it doesn't matter. And you know, I used to be the same way too. Like, it doesn't matter what you watch. It doesn't matter what you listen to. Like, you can control that. But no, man, like that, sh that shit affects you. That will change your mind that will influence you in positive or negative ways depending on what you listen to so if you listen to a lot of bad stuff audio or lyrics um so i used to li listen to standard music with lyrics and everything but i recently got into like making beats myself or instrumentals using logic pro and loops i would just compose beats and so that's what i listen to now just audio instrumentals lo-fi playlists on youtube every now and then when i'm trying to get some coding done but at the gym, I'm listening to my own instrumentals. And I find my mind has been more pure because of it. Um, Chloe agreed. I agree to a degree, but I think actively trying to create a moment of cancellation is manipulative. Everything's been manipulative. That's the thing. Like, anytime you're interacting with people, there's a, a element of manipulation that's happening. Now, I'm trying to get canceled, but I am making content that is consistent with the things I believe. So... I'm not going to compromise on that. And I know there are ways to like grow bigger, faster. I can say the bullshit. I can make up the things that people want to hear and all that. But I've decided, you know what? I'm going to take the harder path and make 
content that one, I like making and two, is tr at least a reflection of what I believe and my observations of the world. And then you see the stuff on the Table Moments account and it's just a random collection and those are just my thoughts as I think of, as I think them, I record them, I edit them and I post them. That's also the nature of the podcast too, where it's a conversation with me, my brother, and typically a guest where we talk about random crazy ideas. The conversation really can go anywhere. It's like the kind of conversation you have with your friends where there's no set topic, there's no things that you guys have pre-planned that you're going to discuss. It really is anything and everything. And it just, the conversation can go anywhere and it flows smoothly somehow. And sometimes it leads to like really deep conversations and sometimes it leads to lots of laughter and stupidity. Like that's, that's what this is. I do this to help build an audience that could be useful for other people. Like I don't ever intend to get a commercial advertiser to promote their stuff on the podcast or anything on here. I want to work with people who've been on the podcast before. Maybe let's say you're starting something like the hardest part about starting anything is distribution. If it's a product service, doesn't matter. Distribution is always the hardest thing. Getting people to know that your thing even exists is the hardest part of launching anything new. And it's the struggle I've had with Table Moments, the Table Moments podcast. I've grown this account pretty much from scratch making these, these videos, but even then I'm just beginning and I want to get into longer form content. But the idea being is I'm putting in the groundwork so that anyone who comes on the show who's working on something, let's say a guy is working on a vitamin brand or someone has a clothing brand or someone's launching an app or a service or something, they can come on the show. We talk about, we have the kind of conversations, random conversations, maybe something specific to what they got going on and then they can plug their stuff and immediately have immediate success with the audience that has been built. Table Moments hasn't reached that critical audience that can help people do that yet, but I'm putting in the groundwork so that other people can use this too, including myself. But it's like, sometimes you just gotta do the work yourself instead of like um, waiting for others to give you an opportunity. So I'm doing it so that other people after me won't have to do it too. And yeah, I'm willing to make the sacrifices and even put my reputation and character on display and risk it all. Burn the ships as they say, and it has to work because I have no other things. I mean, obviously I got like the software thing, Omar, we've talked about it before, and I wanna make tools specifically for creators, or at least help turn, make it more monetizable so that people can speak freely without a cancellation being, having any impact on their income. And that's, I think, the ideal long-term goal, to build something or some system so that people can actually make money speaking freely, and even if they get canceled, they don't have to worry about their, their money. That'd be great. And so that's what I hope to do. And, but in order for me to understand this whole space, I have to be in it. I make the content. That's part of it. And then to also experience what that hardship could feel like and then how to still monetize it. And so I'm doing it by living it. I'm, I'm, I'm learning it by living it. I haven't listened to your content yet as I was scrolling and your life came up, but I'll listen. Yeah, thank you, Chloe. If you do, uh, let me know. Leave your comments. If it's hate, it's great. If it's love, that's great too. Uh, I don't... I don't mind like disagreements, but thanks. Appreciate it. You know, I think sometimes every now and then I put some content that's edgy, but I mean, I literally don't know what's going to be trigger people or not. I really don't know what's going to do well or not on these things. And yeah, could I be more strategic? Do I have a lot to learn? Totally. But I think being canceled is like a badge of honor. That's the way I'm treating it. Everyone's afraid of it. And instead, it's like you turn your fear into a strength. Maybe I'm Batman of social media. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs>
<laughs> just like turn other spheres into your strength and and then openly talk about it and maybe that might be the reason why i never get canceled because i want it so bad <laughs> imagine that being my protection <laughs> meet my desire for wanting to get canceled is the thing that keeps me from getting canceled that would make a lot of sense i don't know maybe i'm thinking about this too deep but i think it's hilarious <laughs> and you know a lot of times i just do things because it just has entertainment value which i wish people would think about like when they go about in life like hey why don't i do this it would just be funny it'd be entertaining it'd be a cool story in in the process it might be a little bit of pain but when you reflect on it you're like yeah i actually did go through that that was funny for sure i agree it's a way of knowing you're doing the right thing exactly because the people who are going to cancel you are bad people people who are going to shut other people up for their thoughts especially like it's crazy so it's a badge of honor when bad people want to cancel you. That means you know you're doing something good. Um, no cap, bro, looking gorgeous tonight for no reason. Dude, I don't understand what's been happening with TikTok lately. Lots of compliments. You know, in the stream I got, I did a stream on Thanksgiving. Someone said I looked like a mix if Ty, that Beckford model, what's his name? Tyson Beckford and Kobe had a kid. I was just like, what's going on with TikTok? I thought TikTok was supposed to be full of a bunch of haters. Now I'm just getting a bunch of compliments about my appearance. I don't know, man, it's it's weird. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna call it. It's 8.48 here. It's been fun. Thank you, everybody, for engaging with me. I appreciate you all and everyone who's been watching. I don't know, it's surprising me people actually enjoy this, but see you guys next week, I guess, if you wanna show up. I, mean, I do this as a weekly thing. I just do a breakdown of some of the videos I post and then go off on these things based on questions that people have. And hopefully we can make TikTok great. We'll do that. All right, guys, that's that's it for me. Bye, everyone. Bye, make money with Lori. Bye, Lori. Bye, stupendous man. Bye, Ty Leanne. And bye, uh, Fatima. Appreciate you all. Bye. Bye. I don't know why I ended like that, but I think it's funny. And plus it's recorded, so I'm gonna be able to clip it up later. Bye. <laughs>